ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome again. This is it. This is the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, and I'm Sam Roberts. You can trust me and my opinions because the show is named after me, and I will never lead you astray. It is a wrestling podcast that is done by people who still enjoy wrestling for people who still enjoy wrestling. And sure, every now and then maybe we get a little cranky, but I feel like there is still reason to celebrate when it comes to watching wrestling. Pro wrestling is one of those things where it's like if you watch it and it makes you upset, you shouldn't be anywhere near it. It's 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 fun. You know what I mean? And if you're not having fun watching wrestling, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, but we got a lot of fun today and a lot of fun on this wrestling podcast. Uh, Katie Linendahl scheduled to join me in just a little bit for the state of wrestling. But I'm sure when you downloaded the show this week, you thought to yourself, Sam Roberts, I'm a loyal listener to the show. I got the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. I listen every week. I listen to every word. And if I recall, last week you said that you and Katie were driving up to Syracuse to talk to the Young Bucks. But when I went to download this podcast, Sam, Becky Lynch's name was on the title. Now, I don't have a problem. This is still you talking, by the way. I don't have a problem with Becky Lynch, but what happened to the Bucks? Well... I'll tell you, uh, anonymous listener, here's what happened. Um, we're going to get the Young Bucks on the show at some point, but Nick uh, Nick Jackson's wife had a kid. So what are you going to do? He's got to go and, and, and be with his wife while she gives birth to their son. That's uh, Again, is the wrestling podcast a huge, huge deal? Yeah. Is this going to be one of those things? Quite honestly, the Young Bucks, I would think, will one day once they're actually on this podcast, play the podcast back for their children and say, no, seriously, I was interviewed by Sam Roberts. I think I, so it is important, but you also probably have to be around. I don't know if it's important enough that you could say to your son. I mean, I would probably, if I had a son and my son was like, hey, you remember what it was like when I was born? And I said, no, 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 I was doing my podcast. He'd go, what? And I go, yeah, but you got to listen to the podcast. And he listened to it and you go, you know what, Dad? That was actually a pretty good podcast. You made the right call. If I were the Young Bucks, I'd probably say it goes Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast and then my family. But the Young Bucks decided uh, to put their family ahead of my wrestling podcast. So, you know, to each their own. However, uh, we'll have them back on eventually. So we didn't make the trip up to Syracuse. We didn't get to see 2CW. But... We will uh, in the future, I'm sure, and we'll get the Young Bucks on. Today, instead, uh, we've got Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch uh, is one of the people that people have asked me to have on the show for a long time. I get tweets all the time. It's very strange. I try to get (laughs) these interviews out to as many people as possible. Everything that happens in person, some of the phone ones too, but at least everything that happens in person ends up on YouTube as well as on this podcast. None of the podcasts get deleted. It's not like there's a, a premium wall that I put over it. I didn't build a Donald Trump wall so that you have to subscribe to a premium service. If you want to hear the old podcast, all you have to do is scroll down the list. There's almost 50 of them, and you can listen to them yourself. It's, it's, it's no biggie. 
but people still, they're like messaging me being like, hey, when are you going to have Sasha Banks on the podcast? I had Sasha Banks on my podcast before anybody had Sasha Banks on their podcast. I had Kevin Owens on the podcast. I had Finn Balor on the podcast. I've had everybody on the podcast. I've had Corey Graves on like 150 times. But Becky Lynch, I did not have on. And Becky Lynch is one of those people who I get messaged, uh, who I actually haven't had on the podcast that people want to hear. So I thought this would be a great week uh, to share her with you. Katie and I uh, got to sit down and speak with her for a while. And we concentrated a lot on kind of her backstory. Because I feel like, you know, you can you can do some Googling and you can kind of find Sasha Banks had an indie background. You know, Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, uh, uh, Neville, all these guys, their backgrounds are, are very well documented. But Becky Lynch's, not so much. We got a little taste of it when they did those Finn Balor videos and we saw that they kind of came up together a little bit in Ireland. But beyond that, you know, I don't really know much about Becky Lynch before this interview, uh, before her NXT days. So that's what I wanted to get into. We talked about uh, how she started, how she's interacting with Finn Balor now, and a whole lot more. Let's start the podcast. This week's interview of choice is Becky Lynch. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Hello, how are you? Hello, hello. Becky Lynch, how's it going? Oh, it's great. How are you? Ah, really good, really good. Sam actually has your T-shirt now. Yeah, I have a last kicker T-shirt. No way! Absolutely. How about that for starting an interview? (laughs) I don't know. It seems like it questions the journalistic integrity. (laughs) He received it in a swag bag, and I was like, what did you get? It's like, brand new. Brand, brand new. Awesome. Did you get the goggles, too? I don't have the goggles yet. No, he actually just wears swim goggles to make up for it. I, that, that, that'll do. In the interim. When did you... When did, Write when, my name on the back. <laughs> right, right. It's bootleg. When did, when did the, the kind of evolution of Becky Lynch into this steampunk character that you are now, when did that happen, and, and how did that decision get made? Well, okay, so it happened because, you know, like I've always just been... Um, um, so I don't, I don't shop in mainstream shops. I like... I, I, I go to a lot of um, thrift stores and secondhand stores, and like I'm always just taking up all these unusual kind of looks and this, that, and whatever. And then somebody was, um, they were mentioning like, oh, that's a, you know, because I started to get more corsets and vests and all this kind of thing that kind of were starting to look really um, steampunky. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody was like, oh, you should you should wear that as your gear. And then I looked more into it, and I was like. Man, this is really cool, and it's unique, and it's different. Nobody else looks like this, and it's kind of how I dress in my 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 day to day life. Um, <laughs> so I, I really wanted to I really wanted to bring that into my gear, and then it's it's a look that people can can instantly um, associate with me. So I was just like, oh, perfect, okay, well, yeah, it's one of the else has done it. It's one of the few looks that isn't hasn't been done in kind of there's been just no steampunk yeah. anything in wrestling yeah exactly and it's it's just a, it's just a really um uh interesting kind of um look and it's so much fun to play around with and then the orange hair well i've always wanted orange hair and i just thought you know it would be great to uh to bring all these things together um 
in one in one viewing and I thought the perfect time to do that would be takeover because that's when I'm getting my single title shot and it's when all eyes are going to be on me so um why not bring it all together then and that's that's when I brought it out so I I've been considering it and toying with it and um everything like that for a few months beforehand but I just wanted the right time to bust it out and that was a takeover I feel like we hear a lot we know a lot about the story of Charlotte and Sasha. I feel like there's a lot to be learned about Becky Lynch and about the timeline and, and growing up in Ireland and not having the opportunity to have, you know, a mainstream place to train and the training that you went through and now having this really fast rise and spike to be on raw. I don't want you to keep it vague. Like I want some details and sum up the story really of Becky Lynch of how I of how I came about to, to getting here. Yeah, yeah, how did you how did you go from being in Ireland to being on NXT? It's a miracle. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, I swear to God, I'm like I, I just when I think back and I think of all the things that have happened that I've gotten here, I just go, okay, well that it's just it's just proof that miracles happen and what's meant to be is going to be. And I just I don't know, I I feel so blessed because um okay, so how I started was I was a wrestling fan when I was younger, growing up, watched it the whole time. It was never even a consideration in my mind that I'd be arrested. Because you didn't hear of anybody doing that in Ireland, you know. Like, I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. Then, um, then I was going to be a lawyer because I was good at arguing. So it was, just so like, it was okay. always, it was always whatever it was. It was just getting up in front of people. It was always going to. I have to be in front of people, which is kind of weird because I, as a kid, I was quite shy. But um, I, I really there was that, and that was always like. Uh, yeah, so I, I was always a tomboy as well, but I um I never I never even considered being a wrestler. Like it wasn't a consideration. But I'd watch it, and you know I fought, fell out of it maybe from when I was eight to ten, and then started watching it again, and um just was completely obsessed with it. And my brother at the time, we were fifteen. Uh, I was fifteen. He was nineteen. He was going to go over to England to train, which I thought was like insane. I was like, oh, you're going to go off to England to train to be a wrestler? You know, really? <laughs> and um, and he was like, yeah, well, you know, like, I really want to do it. And I, it's not that I feel like I'm going to do this as my career. I just want to try it. Out. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I thought, okay, um, well, I won't be allowed to go over because I'm 15 or whatever. Right. Um, and, uh, and with that, we found out that they were opening a place in Ireland, which was going to be opened by Fergal Devitt. Finn Balor. So, um, so when I found it, it was being opened in Ireland, I was like, well, I want to go down because at the time I was failing PE. I actually, I failed PE. My, my PE teacher brought my mother in. My mother was in tears because <laughs> I was such a bad student. I, I, I did, I was, like I said, I was shy. I was too embarrassed to run. Like, you <laughs> failed phys ed. Yeah, yeah. Becky um, Lynch failed gym class. Yes, I actually, I actually failed PE class. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I thought you just the only way to do that is just not show up. Yeah. No, well, I'd stand there with a hockey stick in my hand and then just not do anything. <laughs> and um, so, so I went down to this place, right? And I, at the time, it was just after tough enough. So this was two thousand two, and uh, 
I expected, you know, this warehouse with like a ring in it, maybe a sign over the door. And I walked into this little school hall at St. Andrews, it was in Bray County Wicklow, which is an hour outside of Dublin. And I walk in and there are six blue mats on the floor, a bunch of skinny, and I expected like a bunch of big muscly men. There's a bunch of skinny teenagers, all guys, and, and Fergal Devon, who always looks great. But, um, uh, yeah, so that was my introduction to wrestling. And we would take all the bumps and everything. We learned everything on, on just these six blue mats. And, um, and and we did that for three months until we got a ring. And then eventually we got a ring, and it was it was the coolest thing in the world. I'll never forget. And sometimes I still get that feeling, the feeling of being in a ring, because, uh, like, I don't know, when I'd see it on TV, it was never something that I thought that I'd be in, you know what I mean? And then I just, I never get over that, that feeling of being in a ring. But I was, oh, my gosh. So I was Every time girl. you get athlete's foot, it just all comes back to you. Uh, sorry? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, nothing. It wasn't important. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. But yeah, so I was terrible, obviously, because, uh, you know, like, I was the kid that failed pee. But I, I loved wrestling, and um, I just instantly was hooked, and I was like, okay, well, I want to do this. Um, even though still still I never wanted to do it as my career, because it just seemed unfathomable. Um, and all the girls on all the girls on on Raw and everything were just beautiful, and I was... Fat kid that failed PE, but um, I um, but I kept training and um, they then I went. I actually did go over to England and did a summer camp there when I was fifteen. And again, I was the only girl, and we'd sleep on the mats and we'd sleep in the ring and we'd stay up till three in the morning and then get up at eight and then train for eight nine hours a day and there was no air conditioning and whatever but it was the best summer ever oh it was unbelievable and um and and that's kind of um but still like just with with wrestling it just put me on the straight and narrow like i became a better student i just everything everything just became better because of it so then yeah what got you to the performance center so okay so um, so around 17, I, I was in college, I was studying history, philosophy and politics, because I was still going to be a lawyer. <laughs> and I dropped out, I dropped out of college and I moved off to Canada and was wrestling around Canada, was wrestling around Japan. I had a contract with one of the largest advertising agencies in Japan, we would wrestle around Europe, everything, and blah, 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 blah. Around 19, I got lost, got mixed up, didn't know what I wanted to do, was this what I was going to do, you know? everything like that and I, I ended up giving up wrestling I just got into to just I think it just happens to some people where they get lost and they get confused and they don't know what they want out of life and I was 19 and I had this pressure I was supposed to be this awesome wrestler you know going to Japan and it just I guess it just all got too much for me I was thinking you know like oh but you know shouldn't I get a real job shouldn't I settle down shouldn't I you know and it's funny because I've I've kept diaries my entire life my entire life I've got everything and I found it um I found one recently from when I was 19 and I wrote I had written in it you know it's uh it's time I've I've been living in a dream world it's time for me to join reality and (laughs) settle down and get a real job and join the rest of the human race at 19. Right. That's so sad. Yeah. That's so sad seeing this like 19 year old girl giving up on her dream. And, uh, I, so then I left that night and moved over to Orlando. I did, um, 
I did a personal training course. I hated that. Um, I, when I got back to Ireland, I couldn't find a job, personal training. So I ended up working as a flight attendant. Hated that. I'm scared. I was scared of flying. Um, in the meantime, I ended up like teaching English as a foreign language, went, you know, did surf camps in Portugal, backpacked across Cambodia and Thailand and did corkery courses and mixed martial arts over there. Um, would just constantly be doing these courses and I was like working in a Pilates studio all the while. And then I, I finished working as a flight attendant and then I went back to college. I, um, I did a degree in acting. I moved over to New York and was a bartender. And then I moved to Chicago and went to clown college and did aerial <laughs> arts and was doing sword fighting. And then when I finished all that. So, so you left wrestling then, to do literally everything except wrestling. Right. Everything. But you know what? It was so funny because, and then I ended up working as a stunt woman and I was a stunt woman on the Viking. And, um, and it was all, it was like, if you could, if you could separate wrestling into all these different pieces, mm. you know, you've got the performance, you've got the athleticism, you've got, um, the bodybuilding. I was a, I was a, I was a fitness competitor as well. Um, uh, uh performance, whatever, aggression, all these things. I basically, separated it into all these things that I thought that I loved about wrestling and was trying to do them all individually. And it was all exhausting. And none of them gave me that sense of, oh, yeah, this is it that I, I felt with, with wrestling, whereas I, where I just feel like, yeah, this is what I'm meant to do. And um, Do not put this I resume on monster.com. This is like the most insane. <laughs> How many jobs have you had, Becky? <laughs> How many jobs? Well, I'll tell you what, through trial and error, I know that there's nothing else that I want to do because I've done everything Smart. else. Can you give us one airline story, not to go on a tangent, because we are going to get to how you got to the performance center, but can you give us one, like, jacked-up story from being a flight attendant that you'll never forget? Um, oh, I, I guess. I guess the scariest thing that ever happened to me was when I was um, I was flying to New York and um, the all of... Uh, first class like went up in smoke so somebody was sitting there with their iPod and you know the way they've got those reclinable chairs yeah and this was back in in nano days which isn't too long ago but it seems like who has a nano anymore <laughs> but um uh yeah and they they had they put it back whatever when they were going to they'd had it lying flat out and then when they went to the bathroom they set it up normal and the uh, iPad Nano got caught in the thing and it just set the whole uh, chair on fire and the whole cabin went up in smoke and that was a little bit scary. <laughs> that counts. So, yeah, yeah, I would well, imagine. That, that one works. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably like the scariest thing that ever happened. Uh, other than that, I think it was all quite tame. <laughs> but so, um, so then what brings you back to your world of wrestling in the Performance Center finally? So, okay, right. So then I'm working I'm working as a stunt woman, and I'm like, oh, you know, this isn't, this still isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't what I want to do. And then I was like, okay, but let me go down and let me do. And all the while, all the while, throughout all of this, there's always this voice going, um, and, and Finn can tell you because I pestered him all the time. It's like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to go back to wrestling. Do I, don't I? 
And at one stage, we were out for lunch, um, and he was, and I was like, oh, you know, like I feel like I've got unfinished business. You know, should I go back? Shouldn't I? And he was like, look, please, Becky, just go back now because I'm not sitting here with you in ten years, and you're going to be saying to me, you wish you'd gone back then, and it'll be too late. And so um, at this time, I was doing the stunts, and I wanted to go down and get more confidence. I was like, okay, well, I was good at wrestling, so maybe if I go down and take some classes, I can. that will help me with, with stunts, and maybe I'll you know, be able to use some of those throws or whatever. And so I went down, and um, the guy that was running the class, um, he had just gotten signed here. And uh, and he was, he saw my footwork, and he was like, Becky, like, you haven't lost it. And at this stage, I hadn't wrestled in six or seven years. And uh, he was like, would you ever think about going for a tryout? And uh, at this stage, I paid for my visa to go back to New York to live there. So I was going to, you know, live the dream of being an actor in New York and working as a waitress or whatever else. Um, and uh, I was like, you know, Joe, you know, I've got, I've got my visa paid for and everything like that. I'm going to New York. And he was like, well, just think about it and uh, let me know. So I thought about it for literally two seconds. Was like no, actually, I, that's what I meant to do. That is what I meant to do, and it, it's 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 the weirdest feeling because like I had just been trying to put uh, fit a triangle into a square hole for seven years, and w- once he said that, I was like, no, this is what this is it. This is what I meant to do. So um, I knew as soon as he said it, I knew I was I knew I was going to get signed. I know that sounds really cocky, but yeah. it just it felt too meant to be that that there wasn't there wasn't a, a, an alternative that I was going to get signed. And so that's um so I went for the tryout and um and I got it. And that's how I ended up in the performance center. So and what's what's it like have to felt so blessed. What's it like so to blessed. go into the performance center because you know we talked to Charlotte who had no experience and there's kind of such a mixture of people that end up on NXT and in the performance center. What's it like to go in there with a foundation like you had, you know, internationally? Well, to be honest with you, when I went in, I I felt like I was like I don't want people to think that I know anything because I don't. Um, everything that I felt like I knew before, I felt like was wrong, and I hadn't done it for seven years, and I I just wanted to be a completely fresh canvas, and um, to to the point where I was probably quite detrimental because I I um. Because I did have experience and I did know a little bit here and there, but I also just wanted to go in knowing knowing that the coaches knew exactly what what they wanted out of people and like that WWE is a different style to what um to what you might be used to and um I I just I was ready to just be open and excited and like I mean I'd known Sarah from from the independence and knew how good she was and the fact that she was going to be the coaches. Brilliant, and um, yeah, so that was that was how I felt. But walking in and seeing the performance center, it was basically <laughs> like not that it's 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 the most unbelievable facility, like the most unbelievable facility. And to go in and see that, and coming from when I went into that little school hall in Bray, where there was just six mats on the floor. It was just like, okay, okay, this is it. You Some, know what I mean? This sometimes is... to reminisce, do you just build forts and s- sleep on the mats <laughs> in the performance center to, you know, just take it in? <laughs> yeah. How long? How long did it take you 
from the time you started in the Performance Center to the time you were on NXT and, and on television and, and we met Becky Lynch? Um, it was 10 months, I think, before I um, I went on to NXT. And then it was exactly two years and two days till I debuted on Raw. Can I make a, a hypothesis and say that I think that potentially through and just hearing more about your story and all of these different jobs that you went through and, and this kind of roller coaster, it almost kept you fresh in the wrestling scene. It, like you genuinely come across as very grateful and very happy to be there. It, 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 it really shines through, and I really don't think that you can fake that. And I don't think it, it's – there's no – not even a tiny bit of being burnt out or just had it, which I think, you know, is a frustration that a lot of people go through in a lot of different sports. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you're, you're not even slightly wrong because, um, and I think what is, uh, like, uh, I'll just, like, I look around, I'm sitting in my apartment now, which I, which I, I, I love, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is paid for by wrestling, you know? And, like, I'll, I'll buy food, and I'll be like, this is paid for, you know, like, everything. <laughs> the, the, fact that, the fact that anything that I do, anything that I buy is paid for by wrestling is just, it's unbelievable to me. It, it's the fact that it, because I gave it up, and I felt, like, I felt like a loss, like a death for seven years, and and now it's just, Knowing that loss, I feel like I just appreciate mm-hmm. everything so much because I know what it's like not to have it and to be without it, that, that having it and then making a living out of it, doing something that you love where it's, where it's not actually, it's not work. I used to pay to do this and um, travel and live on protein shakes and now I'm in the biggest company in the world and it's it's just, I feel, I literally feel like the luckiest person in the world. I think I am the luckiest person in the world because I threw it all away. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the freaking prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you something. Even in first class, the food sucks. So you're in good hands. You get that wrestling to pay for everything, and you keep living it. <laughs> living the dream over there. Uh, what's, it, what's it like now to share a locker room with the person who trained you in the beginning? Ferg or uh, Finn? Oh, Finn? Yeah. Um. Well, obviously we're in separate locker rooms, but <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, it's physically. amazing because, like, I, I personally I consider him to be the best wrestler in the world, and um, but I still, you know, I still like. He's also one of my dearest friends as well, um. So it's it's just awesome to have him around and. You know, um, just to uh, just to have another person to bounce off, and I'm so happy for him. And being the NXT champ, and where he's going to go is just to the moon and back. You know, and just being being able to be in such close proximity to see everything that he's about to do and everything that he's already done, because he, you know, the Bullet Club was all his invention, and that mm-hmm. that's so cool. Um, so what he's going to do here is just going to be um it's going to be phenomenal. So I'm just really happy I get to be around and see it all as opposed to being back in Ireland doing god knows what other job I'd be over there. Maybe I'd be a freaking I don't know. And how I wonder what what other job I do, but um yeah, yeah whatever I'm you haven't done I guess. See him on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How uh, how how big of a difference is or how important is it to now 
be working with someone like Sarah as a female? Like, do you do you think that it's important for you and the other NXT women to work with a female trainer specifically? I mean, especially when it's skilled as Sarah. But in terms of specifically gender, getting to work with a female trainer as opposed to a male trainer, um, I think I think it's a tough question because um, Sarah is just wonderful for for just a wrestler, regardless of of her gender. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's brilliant that we have a female perspective, and um, I, I think it's wonderful that because you can learn so much from either. The fact that she's just great and and helpful and supportive, and that she wants she wants this for girls, and she wants us to be seen as great in our own right, you know, regardless of our gender, um, which I think really helps. And I think maybe that that female empowerment that adds to it. But she's just great for being a good wrestler, regardless of her gender. Does that make any sense? Yeah, the the the, the as important as it is for to have a female perspective. It almost becomes uh, regardless because, regard because whatever her gender is, she's just good. Yeah, at, she's you know. she's just going to be good, you know. So and I guess I that's more important, isn't it? it, it really is, yeah, to just have somebody who's good as opposed to a male or a female. Yeah, but exactly, and then but then as well, just that, um, just where she wants the the female division to go is is a wonderful um, role model and. Um, I think just having another girl that, you know, like our bodies are built differently and she understands that and everything like that. So so it's all, um, yeah, it's it's awesome. It really is good. I, I just, I feel like all the stars aligned perfectly. Did you expect to be called up with the Divas Revolution when Charlotte and Sasha were called up? Did you expect to be called up with them? I I really didn't. I had no idea that it was going to be, it was going to happen. I, um... It was kind of shocking because you know they've been there a year longer than me, um, and uh, I was I'm just I, I love NXT as well, you know. So um, I guess I didn't really expect it, so it was a really nice surprise. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just yeah I couldn't couldn't be happier because well I feel like what we're what we're about to do is going to be it's groundbreaking, it's history making, and but everything that's going on in NXT is the exact same thing. Like that show that they're about to have in Brooklyn um, with nearly 10,000, 12,000 people. That's going to be insane too. Just making history all over the place. Yeah. Great time to be in wrestling. Excellent. Well, Becky, thanks so much. Oh, thank you. Here is Sam Roberts. Awesome. Great interview with Becky Lynch. She was a a great subject. She's one of those people who I could just talk to for hours because she really enjoys telling her story. And those are the best subjects. Those are the best people to interview is people who really enjoy sitting down and talking about their journey and kind of not being afraid to analyze everything that's going on and not being kind of above it all. She's still very much celebrating everything that's happening to her. So I really, really like talking to Becky Lynch. Uh, Hopefully we'll get her in person one of these days and be able to sit down and and really dig deep. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening last week, and I'd love for you to tweet me at NotSam because I'd love your opinions on uh, what you thought of the podcast without an interview. So last week we didn't have an interview. It was just Katie and I doing State of Wrestling for pretty much the whole show, talking about Night of Champions and the fallout and all that. So uh, let me know what you thought about last week's show at NotSam, and if maybe... 
you know, skipping an interview every couple of weeks isn't such a bad thing. We got a lot of great interviews lined up uh, over the next few weeks, so it's not really necessarily an option. Um, hopefully, we'll get a chance. DDP is on tour with uh, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, it's coming to a town near you. Uh, I know this we as of this recording. This weekend, if you listen to the podcast on time, it's going to be in Yonkers and then in New York City. Yonkers on Friday, New York City Saturday and Sunday. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this thing in person. Uh, It's the documentary about basically, you know, one of wrestling's great tragic stories, Jake the Snake Roberts, coming back uh, through the help of DDP and his No Excuses house and DDP Yoga and all that. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I also... I'm looking forward to seeing Scott Hall's participation in this because Scott Hall is one of those guys uh, who has actually kind of became famous through the uh, E60 piece where they showed his life falling apart. Now, I've, I've hung out with Scott Hall, no bragging intended, since that E60 piece aired, and he's doing so much better. I mean, it was great to see him. This was like this was his Hall of Fame weekend, actually, so it was like a year and a half ago, I guess. But it was great to talk to him, not on on record, just, you know, hang out with him for a little while, because we were talking about wrestling, and he was completely kind of with it, he wasn't damaged, he wasn't all strung out, he was was himself again, as far as I know, I never knew him when he was strung out, so it was great to see that, and I'm looking forward to seeing the role that he plays in the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts' uh, 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 documentary, again, you should check the website, Google Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, and find out if it's coming to a town near you. Uh, I think it's going to be on video on demand eventually as well. So that's going to be very, very exciting. And hopefully uh, we here at the podcast will have uh, something to do with all that and, and, and be a part of uh, all the magic because I'm looking forward to it. Now, let's get into it. It's time for the State of Wrestling. Plenty to talk about today. I'm going to try to do I feel like there's been maybe a little too much complaining. Last week was a big complainer. I, think, I, I I don't know. Maybe we were just feeling like the show was a little stale last week. Not my show, WWE show. But um, let's do it. Uh, maybe a little less complaining this week. Although, RefGate has become a thing in NXT. There's a lot to talk about. Katie Linendahl, you heard her on the interview with Becky Lynch. She's got a great new technology podcast called KatieLinendahl.show on iTunes. And she joins me now uh, for the State of Wrestling. So let's get this thing started. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Let's do it. Let's welcome uh, podcasting all-star Katie Linendahl here to the State of Wrestling on Sam Roberts' show. Oh, Sam Roberts! (laughs) Don't you be sour! Oh, boy. Because it's a new day! Oh. I'm so on board, Sam. I'm so on board. Clap your hands. We're not the only ones on board. You want to hear the biggest New Day information of the week? Absolutely. There's a little tease on the uh, New Day's Twitter account. You know what WWE is actually going to be releasing? The album. No. The New Day album that I've been asking for for like two months. <laughs> no. Here's what they, you want to know what they're going to be releasing? Don't you dare be sour. Booty! <laughs> <laughs> the Red Bull's kicking in, Sam. I've I, only had a sip. I'll give you a hint. Uh, wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me okay. guess. I get three guesses. Okay. I guess the albums. That's one. Um, I mean, it's it's 2015. The, 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 the biggie singlet? No. Um, Can I give you a hint? Yes, give me a hint. New 
day. Socks? Yes. Oh, my God! Yes! They're really putting out New Day socks. It's brilliant. I think people online have been waiting for it for a long time. You know whose idea that probably was? Whose? Xavier Woods, because that man's smart. I don't know. I read it the first time I heard... That they should put out. If the New Day put out a Trump trombone, look at you you doing to me. I'm thinking it's a trumpet. I think it is a trumpet. I would buy that, too. Uh, I, the first, Slap a logo on it. The first place that I heard about New Day socks was on the uh, Squared Circle Reddit sub forum. Does that mean it's real? No, I mean, it means that I credit those people with the idea. Oh. The first place I saw them was on one, I think maybe Xavier's Twitter. I don't remember whose Twitter it was, but they said it, they had a photo of it and said, coming soon. So good. And like one sock said power of and the other one said positivity. Booty. Not booty. It said booty. No. Well, we could do underwear. And what would the underwear say? Booty. That's right. That's exactly right. So, and did you see there's a video of uh, Xavier Woods? I think they were in Australia. Maybe not Australia. I don't know. They were somewhere. And some fan had a sign that said something about trumpets. And Xavier no, Woods said, not. this is not a trumpet. This is a trombone. The music program here is terrible. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Did you think That's my he, favorite part from Raw. Did you think he was going to win? I actually, there was a glimmer of hope. That they would put all, they would Just have. Because it would be so, I feel like we haven't seen a twist lately. I mean, that would be a, like, a huge twist. We need to come up with a name for like the Rollins WWE twist, the Undertaker I'm sorry, the Rollins WrestleMania twist in the Undertaker Lesnar WrestleMania twist, like that moment where you're like the guy who's now on a meme that like his face, right? Like you're so shocked. What? What? I would say the Dudley Boy showing up in Brooklyn got one of those. Tier two. Tier two. Uh, Not that extreme. Shakarella. I don't know mm. what the word is though. We're, we'll figure it out. We'll work on it for a little by, yeah. while. We have some time. We have some time, but. Uh, I guess people online wanted Heath Slater to get the shot at the U.S. title this week because it was hashtag Heath Slater Appreciation Day on Twitter. You know, I'm so sick of Appreciation Everything Day you on are? Twitter. I've had it. You don't want anyone to have any day. I've had it. What about a new day? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> You're okay that with one. that? Yeah. You're, you don't yeah, mind that? Yeah, that's good. It's power of positivity there. It's so funny because I remember, and this experience is not unique to us, but I remember sitting in a live event. And New Day coming out, and they were just, and they were still the good guys. And, like, you looking at me going, Sam, this is not working. Why are they doing this? Why is New Day even here? And we agreed. We were like, we like everybody who's in New Day. Every one of them. This sucks. This is not fun. I think that's why I like them so much. They turned it around. But they stuck with something I could never see being successful. And I think, too, and this is one of those instances of kind of low investment reaping a big reward because I feel like the well we talked about this last week but it was something that they built on their own a hundred percent you know what I mean uh, but beyond new day let's talk about what's going on this week we had good raw how great is it before we even talk about raw yeah how great is it to be a wrestling fan in New York right now <laughs> number one well let's just how great is it to be in New York, one? Just in general. Yeah, just in general. City that never sleeps. A lot sleeps. of city pride. It's the okay? windy city. Yeah, it's the absolute windy city. Right. And it, what else? It's the city of... Um, brotherly love. Brotherly love. Yeah. It's the uh, cheese state. Yes. <laughs> yes, everything. We're very much known for our cheese. Yes, it's, uh, it's Steeler City is what it mm-hmm. is. Bill's Nation. Yes, the Bill's Nation here in Manhattan. Absolutely. But 
the reason is twofold. Number one, because of course this weekend is the big Madison Square Garden show, yep. which I love. The first stop to the seventh layer of hell. Right, the Go to Hell tour. Mm-hmm. I love the way it's been promoted. It feels old school. Uh, it feels like one of those because back in the day, mm-hmm. they used to run a lot of the bigger house shows on local TV, like in Boston when they ran the Boston Garden. The house shows would run on local Boston cable. And in Madison Square Garden, when they would run Madison Square Garden for a house show, they would run it on the MSG network. And so there was a time when they – and it would be – com- Yeah. I, I was not aware of that, actually. Well, like, yeah, like like how – I grew up in Erie, PA. We didn't have those, those comforts. No, you didn't. We but- had sugar-free fudge and tasers, though. <laughs> <laughs> the tasers were sugar-free as well? All in the same store. Wow. That's, our, that's the welcome sign into my town, and I'm proud of it. You should be. But some of these bigger cities have big cable channels. Like the way, you know, like Yes. Like how Yes is a big cable channel in New York. Sure. But it doesn't travel sure. outside of New York cable providers because why would it? It's a Yankees channel. Uh, they would put it on a local cable channel and they would air the house shows there. So it's kind of a throwback, I feel like, to that. And the show would be very stripped down and Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Hina would call it. And they'd, they'd have far fewer camera angles to shoot to, like three or four instead mm. of every angle you could possibly conceive of. And it was always fun. You get to see the Undertaker-Ultimate Warrior match and the Hulk Hogan-Ric Flair matches and all these matches that were theoretically supposed to happen on pay-per-view but never did. Um, I also think that they've done a pretty great job. They did a pretty great job on Raw of making the Brock Lesnar-Big Show match an attraction. Well, I don't think they came out the gate right. I thought we were in agreement on that. No, I meant just this champions. week. Oh, finally making it a big deal? Well, anytime you bring Heyman back, I am like slow yeah. clap. Yeah. The and, hype comes with. And it's like, okay, we give we give the big show a match with Mark Henry to look strong, which mm-hmm. he did, and then come out. And he did, it was a pretty good promo that he had with Paul Heyman. You just sounded like Trump there. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> really starting to run with that. Good. Well, I, I, I admire the man. Um but it was. It was a decent promo that the Big Show cut. Well, back to the point of I like Big Show and Mark Henry, for that matter, sprinkled in. Right. I don't want to oversee it. Right. Make them a commodity. But it's made it so I'm actually excited about the Brock Lesnar Big Show I will, match. I see eye to eye with you on that. Yeah. Definitely. It was just – they did a good job of pushing it. And I feel like they're doing a cool job of not – treating this like a pay-per-view, but just a big special. So get the network, because these specials mm-hmm. happen all the time. Because the other big match, of course, there's the tag match between the Dudleys and New Day, which mm-hmm. they've done a great job of hyping up. And the Dudleys may take the tag titles at the Garden, just to have something happen at that show. Uh, but they're doing a cage match between Seth Rollins and John Cena. And that's just kind of like a bonus, because that's the match that they would have on the house show. So they're just going to go ahead and do it. Mm. Um which I think is interesting. The other thing that's interesting, though, and what makes this truly not a pay-per-view but a televised house show is that half the roster won't be on the show because when they do house shows, they travel with two separate rosters because they double up on the shows. So if you're watching a show in Boston, odds are there's a show somewhere else in the country happening at the same time. So you you get the red team or the blue team. Uh, So... You know, at the at the Garden Show, it's got great matches. It's got, you know, obviously Brock Lesnar versus Big Show. It's got John Cena and Seth Rollins. It's got the tag title match. But Roman Reigns won't be there. Bray Wyatt won't be there. Dean Ambrose won't be there. You know, all those mm-hmm. guys are working mm-hmm. in another town, which is kind of interesting. 
I don't know how the logistics is figured out for that. I can't even imagine. It's that two road separate schedule. teams. It's two travel teams. It's like as a, as a guy, they're broken up into teams. Like you know what team you're on. You know, so it's not like mm-hmm. one week you're on this team, one week you're on that team, one week. It's like okay, it was it, it started. So, like, I call it the red team and the blue team because back in the day it was SmackDown and Raw. Right. And SmackDown and Raw used to run separate house shows. There was a time, and it only lasted for a few months, when they were running Raw, SmackDown, and ECW house shows separately. And it was a separate roster for each thing. Hmm. I I mean, the ECW house shows were a little smaller, but that's like Kurt Angle's last match in WWE was at an ECW house show. We discussed that. WWE, ECW. So... The red team, blue team thing, it was that you'd go to your town and either SmackDown would be in town doing a house show or Raw would be in town doing a house show. It's incredible to me, though, because if you watch, like, when they start promoing shows months out, they're teasing said superstar. Like what? Like, they'll be like, you're going to see. Oh, yes. Like, how do they know? Like, logistically, I can't even start to piece together those travel schedules. Well, I think it's because, I mean, months in advance, they figure out. I mean, they don't figure out the storylines months in advance, but they figure out. Okay, the red team. It's a lot of work. Yeah, the red team. This is the red team schedule for the year because you can't. It's not like you can last minute book these venues. So these venues need to be booked months in advance. Mm -hmm. So they know which roster they're sending in each way. At least the headline guys. You know, as far as the undercard. That probably sure. gets figured out a little as we go. But, you know, we know that John Cena is the captain of this roster. We know that, you know, probably prob- – I would imagine that one show gets headlined by John Cena and Seth Rollins and the other show gets headlined by Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns. And there's your two matches. And then we fill out the rosters underneath them. And then we book the shows. We book the cards. And, and, and that's how I think it plays out. But – it is, I mean, a lot to take on. You know what match I would like to see? What's that? At Sixth Layer of Hell. <laughs> I could see this every pay-per-view or every Raw. I don't care. I could see this every day is the Neville Stardust. I, I think it's great. Well, you said last week that you didn't like the, the six-man tag was happening more than once. Well, I, I said that after the day after a pay-per-view, I don't like when they redo the same match. Right. Here's what I'm wondering. That's what I don't like. Because I was watching that. I thought, again, I, too, love the Neville Stardust feud. Um, I think it's interesting. I like that Wade Barrett's back. It was great to see him Mm -hmm. back on Raw. I don't, I wish he hadn't, I wish that he hadn't taken out Stardust. Because I like that everybody's like super, there's a whole section of the roster now that's becoming superheroes and (laughs) supervillains. And this is all playing out over here. I like the idea of Neville being this superhero, like Batman, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's multiple supervillains around him, like in Arkham Asylum. So, like, Bane's over here, and Joker's over here, and the Riddler's over here. Now, you never—they don't get along, but you also don't see the Joker and the Riddler fighting each other because they have a common enemy, which is what I would have wanted to see out of King Barrett. He's this evil king. Stardust is this evil cosmic overlord, and— they don't get along, but they don't fight each other because they're working on taking out Batman, or in this case, Neville. Hey, Neville. That's 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 how it plays out in my mind. So when Barrett came and uh, and dropped Stardust, I was like, no, like you're not the hero. You're one of the I villains, like point. Stardust. I do think that there's a possibility that somebody just gave Vince McMahon his first comic book because <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to try some of this stuff. This. 
this is incredible. This, this, he, I mean, he, he comes from a planet called Krypton, and he can fly. I mean, have you seen this? Yeah, Vince, yeah. It was, I mean, it's, it's incredible. We, why aren't we doing anything about this? We should be capitalizing on this right away. Who just sneezed? No one, <laughs> no one. All right. Now, Neville is going to be our Superman. I just wish he was a little taller. But yeah. he's going to be our Superman. And that, because the reason why I think Vince McMahon is just now starting to read comic books is because first you have that whole storyline with Barrett and Neville and Stardust and the Ascension and I guess the Super Luchas too, or the Lucha Dragons. They should call them the Super Luchas That's now. That's better. Yeah, especially for this storyline. But then all the Kane Seth Rollins stuff is comic book stuff too. Like watching, I, I don't know what we filed that under. Watching Kane disappear into the ambulance, and then the smoke comes up, and now he's in a mask, and his suits change. That's comic book stuff. I feel like Vince McMahon just became aware of the comic book universe and was like, we got to try some of this. This is great. I'm a lot more successful than the XFL. <laughs> he hate me. Yeah, he hate me. People are going to buy that jersey. Yeah, they still are. Yeah. Um I will. I'm still not in full support of uh, of Kane being in the world title picture at all. I think it's kind of a waste. But I don't know. I kind of like the. Uh, I don't mind the flipping back and forth between Damon and Demon and Corporate Kane. What I didn't mind, and what I actually found quite entertaining, was Ashley from HR, <laughs> who I tweeted. You know. She's one of those girls that spells it like Ashley with like two E's. Or E-I-G-H. Totally. Yes. I, if I, I would love if my performance evaluations went that smooth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it ended up, with, it ended up nasty. I, yeah, I do wonder if, if... He was very kind. Well, Corporate Kane was, but Corporate she's not... Corporate Kane really understands how to work HR. That's why he's the terrifying one. Right. Because he's the one, he's like the Bernie Madoff of this whole thing. He's just telling you what you want to hear. And next thing you know, you got nothing left. And then there's a demon after you, too. Only here do you, will you hear a Bernie Madoff <laughs> yeah. reference in, to Kane. It applies. Here's what we're going to do. it makes complete sense. I want him to be like Bernie Madoff, but I want him to be like a superhero, too. <laughs> Done. How do, I don't know if we could right do that. On the tip of there's my no, I don't know if we could do We could do it. This is what I want. He just Steve Jobs him. You can do it. Of course you, you can do it. You got this. You got this. Make me proud. <laughs> or you're fired. Well, it's good, Sam. Thanks. It's been good. Thank you. Or you can kiss my ass. Vince, we're not doing that anymore. Right, right, right. That all sounds good, Vince. <laughs> but when do I get to retain my title as IWGP? Three-way champion. That's a great question, Nikki. Kevin, when does Nikki get her IWGP three-way title back? It was the Divas Divas Championship was what you had. Nope. It was the Intercontinental Cruiserweight Championship. Kevin, I think it was the Intercontinental Cruiser. Are you sure? You better be sure. He's saying it was the Divas Championship, Nikki. Look. Okay. To be continued. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> private sit-downs between Vince McMahon and Nikki Bella. Pay to watch that. <laughs> Pay to watch that. Um, but, yeah, that's here's the problem. I just can't figure out, though. Can we close the loop on the cane thing? Yeah, that's what I, I wanted to get back to. I don't know how I'm supposed to portray the whole scenario. To like, who? It's so 
far out there? Well, no, because a lot we're wrestling fans. A lot of this stuff's very far out there. But it's like a little, it's a hybrid of like 2004 meets too much not realistic. I guess. I mean, it's better than somebody dressed as Kane committing necrophilia. Which we've seen on television before, but What's that? Uh, having sex with a corpse—you probably shouldn't have asked. See, Sam. Yeah, well, I, they, I need... talked about what I was saying, watching on TV. That's all. I didn't need new verbiage in that. Corpse is a arena. dead person. Having sex with a dead person. Well, how do you even know what that word means? <laughs> how do I even know? Weirdo. I've done a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. Reading. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. He's done some reading. I, I thought it was nice that he brought back the the head of the statue. Yeah. You know. I liked that Seth Rollins, I felt like he was absolutely going back to the movie Seven. He's like, what's in the box, Kane? What's in the box? <laughs> well, I think he's and doing then a fantastic was, job. And then it was a severed off. head, just like in the movie Seven. There you go. Uh, I think Seth Rollins, and this is why I'm a little confused about the storyline, in terms of how I feel about it. Because I don't think Kane's doing a bad job pulling off the two-character thing, and I think it's fun and it's a little cartoony. But I honestly, I'm at the point, everybody knows Sasha Banks is my favorite wrestler. Oh, my gosh. Did you see somebody made you a shirt that says Sasha, Sasha Banks is, is my, my favorite, favorite And you know what it is? I don't know if you know this because you didn't watch WCW. <laughs> it's a twofold because that's the old Eddie Guerrero T-shirt. And Oh, you're kidding me. Sasha loves Eddie Guerrero because that, that was is, the old wow, WCW T-shirt that said Eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler. That same person also made a come on, Nikki <laughs> T-shirt. Uh, but um, I feel like Seth Rollins in this moment, is probably the most valuable asset on the entire roster. I don't think there is anybody on that roster that can do... And I, I think Seth Rollins is is the might be the best performer on the roster at the moment. Wow. That's not a statement I would think would come out of your mouth. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Over the past few weeks and months and just like putting everything together... I don't know. I don't think there's anybody that can touch Seth Rollins at almost anything he's doing. I think in the mm. ring, I think his promos have gotten so strong. I think uh, he's got a fire for it. You know what I mean? Like he wants to be good. He wants to be better. I really, uh, I really think, and and you know, I'm a, I think Bray Wyatt's, I've said Bray Wyatt's the best guy right, on the roster before. the first thing I thought of. Um, and he had a great match on Raw. But something happens when you don't get used to your fullest capability. And right now, Seth Rollins is getting used better than Bray Wyatt is. And he's getting to flex well, more that, muscles. That, that ebb, it ebbs and flows. Yeah. But Seth Rollins is getting to use more creative muscles and uh, literal muscles than, Seth, than, uh, than Bray Wyatt is. So I, I honestly think there is nobody on the show that I look forward to watching do anything on it more than Seth Rollins right mm. now. Except maybe Sasha well, Banks. I bet you also now are very much looking forward to the fact that the U.S. Open Challenge Wimbledon Preakness Derby is back on. I can't believe the Wimbledon's back. The Preakness has returned. You? I was really excited. I was when he, I was actually just excited because I knew we get to talk about it and say all those words again. Because <laughs> we had such fun with it the last time. We did have such fun. Um, yeah, I'm glad it's back. The segment's always good. It led to a lot of great stuff. I mean, let's keep in mind. Okay, so... It was a fun match with Xavier Woods that led into that six-man, which, by the way, how many points on Raw on Monday did they turn a melee into a multi-person tag match? They did the same thing after Miz TV. 
Yes. It was like an hour later. They were like, okay, let's make this a tag match, too. Because the refs have no control, which they I, don't. I'm not done with, which they I'll get don't. to in a moment. Stephanie McMahon needs to come out and call decisions again. Yep. Uh, but I was for that. You were not. No, of course not. She's not a referee. She's not an official. It makes She's no sense. She wants. She runs the company. Yeah, well, tell that to Dana Perks White. job. Uh, but what was I saying? The New Day. Right. So that was, a, a tag that was a fun match. Turned into a tag match. That's all good. But the initial United States Open, Wimbledon, Preakness, uh, Gran Turismo title contest Mm -hmm. gave us Sami Zayn and John Cena, gave us Neville and John Mm -hmm. Cena, gave us the series with Kevin Owens, gave us a great match with Stardust and John Cena. You remember that one? You're right. I mean— Is that—are you you thinking that it goes in that direction again? We're going to see another big— I would think so, but I think at— it can't at this point because we're going to have Rollins Cena at – well, I guess that's not that big of a deal. No, no, no. That's just a um, house show match. Yeah, because uh, obviously Rollins is moving towards Kane in terms of what his character is doing and where he's going on pay-per-view and things like that. At the next pay-per-view, I would assume there's going to be a Rollins-Kane match. We'll probably find that out next week after the Madison Square Garden show because that would confuse people otherwise. But, um, yeah, I think – I guess it will continue for a while. I don't know – where they're going to go with John Cena. I thought it was interesting the way they did Raw on Monday. It was definitely... So, Raw last Monday had some of the worst ratings it's ever had. Oh, really? Yeah. Terrible huh. ratings for Raw last Monday. And it wasn't a good show. It was very stale. Like, it was... You know, it was the same show we've seen a bunch of times. Why are you looking at me like that? Because you keep sounding like Trump. Oh. He sounds like me. It was like not me. a good show. He sounds like me. <laughs> Just do one sentence. It was not a good show. Look, I mean, they do a good job with the show. Last week it wasn't great. It was not a good show. It was very po- – I've been very successful. I'm friends with Vince McMahon. I'm friends with Vince. I think he's a great guy. He's a very successful guy. He's not doing great work right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think it felt like they were trying to reprogram some things. I loved that they ended with that Roman Reigns-Bray Wyatt match. Loved that oh, was that the, was nasty. They let him have an amazing match. They let it close the show. That's what I'm oh, talking so about. Good. When I talk about, I was I always get a little weirded out though when it doesn't have a conclusion. Right, bodies everywhere. I, right. I like bodies everywhere. And the spear the out of nowhere through the table was Dude, great, sick, great. But that is what I'm talking about. May it didn't exactly have a bow at the end of it like usual. Bow. And there wasn't hair bow. It wasn't even a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, like usual, except these two guys just tore each other apart. But that's it what reminded I'm... me almost like when Undertaker, when you and I were like geeking out because it was just Lesnar and him were just going at it like a street fight. Right. It's like that total chaos. Right. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not not when it was Lesnar and and Roman Reigns playing tug of war over the title before WrestleMania. Right. Not a great end. No. Not a great end. But um, I said but too many times on this podcast already. However, what is that peewee line? Does everybody has such a big butt? <laughs> <laughs> However, um, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about using the young guys mm-hmm. to the maximum potential. End the show with those guys and show what you've got. Like these, this is your main event. Not Big Show and Brock Lesnar, not John Cena, Agree. not Randy Orton even, although Randy Orton's the man, not Randy Orton, not Undertaker, not any of these, not Jericho, not whoever, not Stone Cold. 
This is your main event. This Agreed. is the best you have to offer Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. And let's find out between Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. These are the people mm-hmm. who should be fighting over who the champion is. And then right under them, you've got Kevin Owens and Ryback and, and Miz and uh, Neville and Stardust. You get, like you have a solid roster and a deep bench and an army of guys ready to come up over at NXT. And speaking of NXT, I want to go there because you finally are all caught up. Yeah, here's my problem. Yeah, I got some problems too. I was watching NXT, and I, I first of all, I enjoy that RefGate has come to fruition on NXT to the point where they're actually acknowledging it. They Sam. haven't used the term RefGate, but there's no doubt in my mind that they listened to the podcast, <laughs> they realized what was going on, and they said, you know what, we got to point out that RefGate's happening. So much, in fact, do I get 10 seconds here? You do. Because I thought this is so well, well spoken by Brandon Pabone. Who's a fan of our podcast? Brandon Pabone? Yeah, he likes the Sam Roberts wrestling shit. Uh, he says, seriously, he's got one job. This is dangerously close to going from a scandal to an epidemic. Refgate must be stopped. Yeah. And, you know, last week on the show, maybe last week or two weeks back, right. that I was invited on, I, I felt like I went, there was a string of shows in which I was very upset. Yes. And I was getting nervous that you wouldn't have me back on. Because you were just angry all the time. Well, the RefGate thing really was really hurtful. And I felt like I was doing a lot of damage control. And it was making me very angry. So the last few shows, I've had a very mild temperament. I remain classy and on point. Except when you're making fun of Nikki Bella. Go on. Well, that's because the people want it. And I do feel bad about that for the record. But then I was like, feel these last few weeks in NXT, I've been pushed to my limits. (laughs) it's, It's the straw that broke the goat's back. Yeah, because that's the expression. The problems over on NXT are included but not limited to ref issues. And I don't want to. I'm very tired, Sam. I'm working a lot, an I extra know. lot. And it's, it's too like much. It's a very busy it's season. I'm not getting a lot of sleep, and I have a lot of fires to put out with all these issues. I worry about I you. I can't get at 1 and 2 in the morning messages, direct messages from the Texas show that was happening in NXT? Right. There's RefGate happening there. No. Even when it's not aired. No. I'm getting messages. No. Yeah. Finn Balor didn't kick out on three against Prince Pretty, and I had to hear it from the people in Texas. So you're telling me. Hold on. I'm not, yes. Yes. Hold on. I'm on a tirade, and I'm getting hot. Tyler Breeze should be the champion right now. This is, and, and I have, they've sent me photos. <gasps> then, you know, I know at NXT, I know in the, this high-tech performance center, right. it's multi-million dollar facility, yeah. they have classes. It's they almost do. like school. Well, maybe the NXT classes, instead of some basic thugonomics, they could have some basic math mm-hmm. because, Finn, you got to learn how to kick out on three. And then we basic shapes, colors, because you brought up to my attention, Eva Marie. Well, yeah, <laughs> this wasn't a rough gate problem. Basic Stuff here, people. Eva Marie, she came out with a red coat on and her red hair, and her boots said red everything. All red everything. Unfortunately, her boots and all of her attire was blue. (laughs) Why would you wear blue if it's all red everything is your whole deal? You already have somebody on the roster whose name is Blue Pants. Why would you wear blue pants if you have a whole other color that you're like, working what with? At what point in your, in your closet do you, like, all red everything? Like, I'm totally going to go with these blue pants. Right. If anything, you should throw out your blue pants. Right. Number one, because they're not all red. And number two, because there's already one of your opponents whose name is literally Blue, blue pants. pants. 
It makes no sense. No sense. Do you see my point here? Like, I think maybe over at NXT, we should have some pinpoint focuses on some very fundamental classes. Right. But, you know, I, I think I got really upset Tell when me. these issues, you know, I, don't, I expect that from Eva Marie. You do. And I, I expect the disappointment from refs. You do. But I expect a lot more from the NXT champion. You talking about Finn Balor? I think this is Demon Gate. Demon Gate? Yeah, because I've just had it, Sam. I'm tired of what's, all of these issues. What's wrong with him? He's then, just in the oh, tag just, thing. Let me give you the bow that was requested earlier in the show. Dallas? He, he he did get... That was pretty cool with the Buffalo Bills, but that's a sidebar. Uh, I do believe... How many ref miscounts and issues are we going to have over on NXT? And all, how many in the favor of Eva Marie and now Finn Balor? I've had it. Okay, well, I mean, Finn Balor, just one thing happened at a house show. Doesn't matter. You didn't even see it. I got proof. (laughs) Exhibit A. Do you have something to share with us, Amazing Larry? (laughs) Do you have something you want to share with the rest of us? So funny, I forgot to laugh. (laughs) A pen! (laughs) Uh, By the way, I'm done. Good. But. Yeah. We are going to have a RefGate contest again this week. We are? We're going to have a RefGate Demon Gate contest. With Demon Gate? Yeah, and you win Legos or your T-shirt of choice on WWE Shop. Cause... Maybe people don't want Legos because yeah. they're grown adults. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think of uh, what kind of contest? Well, you're always good at, like, you know, we mind meld. I guess so, but I don't know what you're talking about with Demon Gate. Well, I'm frustrated. <laughs> I know you are. And I'm tired of having... Honestly, when that ref did not count to three right. on Eva Marie, now it's twice. Well, technically, her foot was on the rope. It wasn't over the rope, but it did touch the rope. Technically. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And I hate that, like, the little pretty model girl that can't wrestle gets, like, little extra cre- Like, she's the guy that cheats off the game in class. Well, she knows. She knows all the tricks. She's got to know the tricks. No. It's not cool. You don't like that. No, I like hard work. You do. Hard work pays off. Mm-hmm. Hard work and commitment. Right. So um, the hashtag should be. Um, well, we're going to maybe we could do something. And I'm just riffing here because we didn't really discuss how this contest was going to go down in our pre-production meeting. Because this is the meeting. This is the pre-production meeting, as you know. Yes. Uh, maybe like people that can count better than Finn Balor. And you have to. <laughs> Because we haven't blown up somebody's Twitter account lately. And when it happens, it's kind of awesome because it's very unexpected. Okay. And we just flood it. Yes. So I think it's time to flood someone's account. So here's the thing. And again, you win. Which, what's a good prize? Like a, anything you want on WWE Shop? I mean, with, and with a limit on it. People what, are like going to start getting greedy. $250? Yeah, and you can return it if you want the money. We, we don't know your struggles. You can. That's fine. I was thinking $30. Oh, my gosh. Okay, two, 200 What? Well, you don't want to give them something cheap. It's expensive on there. I'm going to start tweeting. And this is coming out of um, the wrestling podcast budget. What? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I didn't even get you car service to get here. <laughs> Two hundred. Come on, what's the what's the good load? That's a lot of money. Get it out. <laughs> Did you put all that money in the collection basket? Um, <laughs> the contest is. What? I mean, I guess people can count better than Finn Balor. People that can count better than Finn Balor. Yeah, and you got to at mention him. You got to at mention both of us. Uh-huh. You got to hashtag Refgate. Hashtag Refgate. Yeah, and there you go. There's your contest. We got it. Got it. 
Linendahl, have you covered all you need to cover? I feel like I got it. You know when you just need to get it out of your system? I do. I do. Oh, I do. This was like one hour of, like, don't send me an invoice for, like, therapy or something. Right. It felt good. Right. Uh, I, as I said at the top of the show, we will find a moment uh, to get some time with the Young Bucks and get them on the show at some point. But congratulations to the Young Bucks. Exactly. Congratulations to the family. I said that, quite frankly, even if it were my own kid, I would do the podcast. But, you know, people, That's some reason, cool. they want to put their family over the podcast. Stupid. Fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but we'll get him, and uh, we have a lot of great guests lined up. So there's going to be a lot going on here on the podcast. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. What? And somebody exciting is not coming on my podcast. Well, I would recommend, and uh, uh, Katie's got this amazing podcast. It's called Show. It's on iTunes. She's done two episodes. It comes out every Tuesday. Um, and I do it with her because she needs uh, some dummy on there to bring her down to earth a little bit. <laughs> Because she's too much of a genius. But she talks to even bigger geniuses than she is. We've talked about holograms. We've talked about uh, uh, robots taking over. We've talked about drones that can go even underwater. If you aren't interested in technology, trust it's amazing. me, you will be entertained and you'll learn something. Like if you'll sound really smart at the water cooler. It's just really interesting conversation. It's really funny. And, and Sam goes on tangents about... Chris Christie, Krispy Kreme. Well, I mean, things come up in my brain sometimes. Yeah. It's I really, mean, it is really it is. funny. Well, uh, yeah, if you can believe it. Not judged on this podcast. But, but guess who's up next? Who's going to be on Katie Linendahl.show? show? Xavier Woods. Yes. Is that right? She's poaching from my guest. I had him. And then she was like, let's use him on dot show. And I was like, huh? And then the WWE publicists were like, yeah, she's on today's show. We're going to send Xavier to dot show, I think. <laughs> I'm like, fine, whatever. It's a stupid show anyway. <laughs> I don't even like the trumpet. It's a trombone. Oh, <laughs> that's why he's doing that We're going to talk about the trombone because that's a skill set. Well, we'll talk about that and about uh, his video game channel and everything. That's going to come out next Tuesday on show. If you haven't checked it out by now, check it out. She's a visionary and a genius and uh, uh, an extraordinary uh, journalist. So, oh, Thank you, Sam. Something for everybody to check out. You can follow Katie Linendahl on Twitter, uh, and we will see you. Next week, here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.